This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. The very beginning of the New Testament. And the New Testament begins in such a strange way to us uh, modern people. We come to the very first words of the New Testament. And what we find is a genealogy. The genealogy is just a strange place to begin the Gospel of Matthew, isn't it? Um, you would think we would start in with a story of Jesus' birth, but yet it starts with a, a genealogy. Why would Matthew begin his Gospel with a genealogy? Well, I think it, it actually makes quite a bit of sense. When we think of what the purpose of a of a genealogy is. See, a genealogy is intended to connect two stories. Uh, you can see that in, in the earlier genealogies in Genesis. You see the story of Adam and Eve, and you see the fall, and you see Cain and Abel. And then you have a genealogy that leads from Cain and Abel all the way to Noah. And so it connects these stories and lets us know that there's a continuity that's, that's coming down. And when we come to the New Testament, it's, it's uh, functioning in very much the same way. We start with a genealogy because uh, by this, Matthew is showing us that the New Testament, that his gospel is uh, connected to everything that came before it. As we read through uh, the genealogy here of Jesus, um, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, as we come across all these names, it should remind us of the stories that took place. It should remind us of, of Abraham and, and all of his, uh, uh, his children, his sons, and, and the line that followed after him, of David, and all of the people that are mentioned here to show us that what God is doing in Jesus is not something that's brand new, although it was new, but it had roots in what came before it. Let's go ahead and read our text, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 1 of Matthew. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Tam, uh, Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uriah, and Uriah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father 
of uh, Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, and Abihud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of uh, Eliezer, and Eliezer the father of Mathon, and Mathon the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation of Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, sometimes we come to these genealogies and want to gloss over. But Lord, this is your word. And every word is for our instruction and training in righteousness. Every word ought to cause us to praise you. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to have open eyes and ears as we look to this genealogy this morning. Lord, give me strength and grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew gives us his purpose here in the very beginning. He says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So all the rest of it here is drawing that line from Abraham to David and from David to Jesus. It's important for, for Matthew to show that Jesus was the son of David. Why is that so important? Well, the passage that Tom read was the passage where God promised David that he would one day have a son who would sit on his throne forever. Well, Solomon was David's son, and he lived so many years, and then he died. And he had a son that lived so many years, and then he died. And sounds like a genealogy, doesn't it? And yet, we come to the end of the line as they're taken into the Babylonian captivity and we no longer have a king sitting on the throne. And so we have this major problem. And the Old Testament believers knew that God had promised David would have a son who would sit on his throne forever. And they longed and they waited for this Messiah to come. And what Matthew is doing right from the very beginning is he's showing that Jesus is the Christ... The Greek word that translates the Hebrew word Messiah. He's the Christ, the son of David, the one who rightfully will sit on the throne of David forever and ever and ever. He is the son of Abraham, the one who God promised uh, that he would have uh, he would be a blessing to all nations. 
We look at the rest of these names and we, we look at these names and, and so often we're just tempted to just go right over them and, and think of them as just that, just a list of names. But no, it's an outline of the whole Old Testament that we have here. Matthew here is pointing us to the fact that Jesus, in His coming, it was the continuation of this story. We think of Abraham who, who God promised. He brought him out of Ur of the Chaldees. And he, he promised to give him land, seed, and blessing. He, would, he promised him he would have a descendant. Uh, and, and, and he is, is uh, the, the one whom the promise would come. We can go all the way back to Adam and Eve, where God promised Adam and Eve after the fall that there would be a descendant of Eve, a seed of the woman who would come and crush Satan's head, crush the head of the serpent. And we follow the line from Genesis from Adam and Eve all the way down to Noah and on down to Abraham. And that is the one who's carrying the line of the seed of the woman, the one who would one day come to crush Satan's skull. We see then Abraham was the father of Isaac, and we can think of that story. God had, had promised that He would give Abraham a son, and, and, and he lived so long waiting and hoping for the promise, but yet he, his wife was barren and he was aged. And yet finally, finally, Isaac was born. And after Isaac was born, God told him, go kill him. Can you imagine what Abraham must have thought? And yet Abraham took Isaac up the mountain with the knife and with the wood and he was just about to do it and God stopped him and said, I provided a lamb. We see Isaac was the father of Jacob. And we know the story of Jacob. Jacob worked for so many years so that he could marry Rachel. And when he woke up in the morning, it was Leah. <laughs> he had all those children. Jacob fathered uh, uh, Joseph and his brothers. Uh, I mean, J- uh, Judah and his brothers is what it says here. Judah and his brothers. And, and, and we, when we think of the book of Genesis and, and this line that's coming down, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the one we would temp- be tempted to, to, to think the most about would be Joseph, wouldn't it? That's who the most, the, the most of the story is at the end of the book of Genesis. But Matthew's focus here isn't on Joseph. It's on Judah. There's a second story that's going along, along with uh, the story of Joseph, and that is the story of Judah. And at the end of the book of Genesis, you see... Jacob is blessing his sons and he tells, uh, as he's giving the blessing, he says that the scepter will not depart from Judah. The line of kings that will one day come will come from Judah. We follow this line on down and we come to Jesse. Jesse was the father of David and David was the king. He was the king. He was the one. He was the messianic seed. The one that was, that was carrying that messianic seed. that would. And we know all the stories about David. David was the one 
All the children can tell me he killed Goliath, right? He was the hero. Everybody else was shaking in their boots at the sight of old Goliath and David. He had confidence in God, didn't it? He had confidence. He took those five stones and he whirled them around. On the very first shot, he hit Goliath and he went down, right? We also know David was a sinner too. David, when he became king, he committed adultery. And he, but God did not take his covenant promises away from David. God did not take his covenant promises away. He still, he was going to keep faithful to his promise. He promised David would have a son that would come from his body and God would build a dynasty for him. Solomon, we know of his story. He was the wisest man who would ever live, right? He was the wisest man who lived. We get the book of Proverbs from him. We get the book of Ecclesiastes from him. We get the book of Song of Solomon from him. Oh, he was such a wise guy. (laughs) And we know of his son, Solomon. He was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was not such a wise guy. (laughs) Rehoboam was foolish. And the kingdom was torn apart. You had Israel in the north and Judah in the south, all because Rehoboam was foolish and he didn't listen to the elders. And then we see this line of kings that come from Rehoboam. We see Rehoboam was the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph. All these were kings showing the royal line that's coming down from David. And Asaph was the father of Jehoshaphat, and and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah. And I don't know if you know much about Uzziah, but if you look at the book of Isaiah, he was king around the time that Isaiah was prophesying. Actually, at the very beginning of Isaiah's prophecies, Because at the very calling of Isaiah, he says it was the year that King Uzziah died. And in that year, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. And it was Isaiah who God promised that there would be a child, a child would be born of a virgin. And his name would be called Emmanuel. Now, Uzziah was the father of Jotham, and Jotham was the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good king. Hezekiah was a good king, and yet at the end of at what seemed to be the end of his life, he, he was sick and he was going to die, and he prayed, God, give me more life. Give me, don't let me die. And God answered his prayer. God answered his prayer. He gave him so many more years. But in those years, he had a son that was born named Manasseh. And Manasseh was the most wicked king of all of Judah. You had good kings and you had bad kings, but they all were sinners. And they sinned against God. Manasseh was the father of Amos, and Amos was the father of Josiah, and Josiah was a great king. Remember, maybe you've heard the story about him. He was only eight years old when he became king. He was the good little king, wasn't he? And and he was the one who had them clean out the temple, and they found the book of the law. And they wept because they realized they weren't following the law. 
They had sinned against God. And Josiah was the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. We saw this line of kings from David. This line of the kings of Judah. And some were good and some were evil and wicked. But overall, they were wicked. They were disobedient to God. And God brought judgment. And God sent Nebuchadnezzar to Jerusalem. And He took all the people and even the best of the people and He took them into Babylon into captivity. It says Jeconiah was taken into Babylon and that's the last of the kings. David was promised he would have a king, a son that would sit on his throne forever. Right? A son who would sit on his throne forever and yet we come to the Babel, uh, deportation of Babylon and, and where is this line gone? Where is this messianic line gone? Well, God is faithful to His promise. God is faithful to His promise. While the tree was cut down, the holy seed was in its stump. A line from Isaiah. After the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtel. See, after the Babylonian deportation, Cyrus, the king of Persia, allowed the people to come back to the land. He allowed the people to come back to the land. And they built the walls of Jerusalem. They built the temple. And we read of people like Shealtel and Zerubbabel there in those stories. And then it goes quiet. We don't hear anything else. For such a long time. And yet the story goes on. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. And Abiud the father of Eliakim. And Eliakim the father of Azor. And Azor the father of Zadok. And Zadok the father of Akim. We don't read about those names in the Old Testament. Akim was the father of Eliud. Eliud the father of Eliezer. And Eliezer the father of Methan. Methan the father of Jacob. And Jacob the father of Joseph the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. See, Matthew was showing us that Jesus was the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament story. The whole Old Testament is about Jesus and pointing forward to Him. And if you've been paying attention to this genealogy, you've noticed I've skipped over some names. Some important names. Let's go back again and look at some of these names. It says, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Do you know that story? That's that's a, a hard story. Judah sinned. This he was his son had married Tamar. So there we go. There's a problem. His son had married Tamar and his son did something wicked in God's sight and he didn't have any children. Well, they had this thing called Leverite marriage and, and uh, if, a, if a man, if a man uh, died before his wife was able to have any children, then his uh, uh, brother was supposed to marry the wife and, and have, raise up a son for him so that this line could keep on going. Well, Judah's first son married Tamar and he, 
he didn't re- he didn't have any children and he did something wicked and God killed him and then another son married Tamar and he did something wicked and God killed him and Judah had another son and he didn't want to see his son die and so he withheld her and and Tamar did not have any children for this first son and then Tamar you can read about it in um, Genesis 38. She tricks Judah. She tricks Judah into, into having relations with her. And so she has relations with her father-in-law and, and these twins are born. And from this sinful relationship, we have someone born in the line of Christ, Tamar. Included in the genealogy. You wouldn't include a woman in the genealogies back then. And yet she is so important to the story. Because it shows us that even in the line of Jesus, the Messiah, there were sinners. And Tamar, I believe, was also a Gentile. She was a Gentile. God had promised Abraham that Abraham would be a blessing to all nations. From the very beginning, there were hints that the Gentiles would be included in God's people. And Tamar helps remind us of this point. We follow the line a little bit longer, and Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Amminadab. Amminadab, the father of Neshon. Neshon, the father of Salmon. And Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. Rahab. Have you heard that name before? Rahab. Rahab was living in Jericho. Another Gentile. She was a Canaanite. The ones who God had told Israel to go in and slaughter everybody. She was a Canaanite. And yet she had faith in the God of Israel. And she hid the spies when they came in. And not only was she a Canaanite, she was a prostitute. A sinner. And a Gentile. And yet, Matthew includes her in this genealogy of the Messiah. Showing us again, Jesus came for all people. Not just Jews, but Gentiles too. And He came for sinners who are in His own line. And doesn't get very far after that. Rahab, uh, the, the Boaz, was the father of Obed by Ruth. Oh, right. Boaz was the father of... I'm sorry. Yeah, Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. We know that story. There's a biblical book about her. Ruth. She was also a Gentile. She was a Moabitess. And you talk about sinful relationships, you can go back into her genealogy. Because Moabites came from Lot and his relationship with his daughter. Oh, all these things that the genealogy of Jesus brings up when we pay attention to the characters. She was a Gentile, and her line was the Moabites, the ones who the law in Deuteronomy said they couldn't be a part of the temple worship 
for ten generations. And yet her very grandson was King David. (laughs) Showing us again God's plan for the inclusion of Gentiles and how He came to save sinners. And then, David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. By the wife of Uriah. Now, we don't know if Bathsheba was a Gentile or not, but she was married to one. Uriah was a Hittite. So here we again, again, even if she wasn't a Gentile, she was thought of one as one of, of as one because she was married to a Hittite. And again, we have this adulterous relationship where David, he should have been out fighting a war, but he stayed home and he took a walk on the roof and he looked down and he saw Bathsheba and he said, give her to me. And he sinned against God. They had a child, and that first child died. They married, he married her, and he had Solomon, the one who would be king. Oh, this genealogy is more than just a list of names. This genealogy shows us Jesus' sordid history. <laughs> this genealogy shows us that that. God was being faithful to His promises. He was being faithful to His promises to Abraham. And He was being faithful to His promises to David. And He's also including people beyond just the Jewish people, but He's including the Gentiles as well. Jesus came for all people. Red, yellow, black, and white. And Jesus came for sinners like Rahab, like Tamar like Bathsheba. Maybe you haven't thought about the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew this way before. But it's a beautiful way to look at Christmas, isn't it? Jesus came as the fulfillment of the hopes and dreams of everyone that was looking before Him to the Messiah that was to come. We're all sinners. And we need a Savior. We can look to the One who came, who was the seed of the woman, who came and finally crushed the skull of Satan. He defeated death. And the way is open. Linda talked about the gift. Well, John 1 says, For as many as received Him, He gave the right to become children of God. Would you receive Him today?